Hello and welcome. You are listening to What If, a podcast for tarot professionals where we talk about all kinds of sticky subjects that you know, most of us don't want to talk about but that we really need to discuss. And every episode we are tackling all kinds of things such as what to do when you retire, your business, you know, all that kind of stuff. And these might be things that you're privately wondering about. And what we're doing is we are looking at these situations from different angles and we're looking at different options and solutions. And the subject matter might feel sometimes a little bit scary, but ultimately this podcast is about inspiration and encouragement. Our philosophy is that the dilemma can be resolved. And things are always easier when you know that you are not the only person feeling nervous or stuck. After all, we are all in this together. I'm your host, Teresa Reed, also known as the Tarot Lady, and I'm here with my co-host, Wald Amber Tarot School, and this is Episode 5. Hi, Wald. Hey, Teresa. How are you today? I'm wonderful. How are you? Actually, pretty good. Well, today we are going to be taking our um, podcast in a direction that I think ultimately is what kind of began this whole podcast series. We're going to be talking about community. And, you know, you and I are both part of the tarot community. We've met each other through our community. We've become friends through this community. So I think this is a... Uh, a topic that a lot of us tarot professionals, uh, whether we're involved in the community or not, I think we're going to find this to be a really uh, delightful conversation. What do you think? I certainly hope so. It's fraught with stuff. My God, there's so much uh, material built into this particular area. It's huge, and I'm really looking forward to seeing where it goes. I have sort of a, a vague idea of the things that I you know, want to bring up or bring to the fore, but these things tend to be organic, and they lead in places I wouldn't have guessed, and I'm really looking forward to seeing where that turns out to be. I like that, too. I like, you know, I like watching how these conversations develop, and uh, I, I want to start um, this conversation with a thing that I found on a website called A Place for Mom. A Place for Mom is a website that helps people, you know, find, you know, living situations for their older parents, but this is a, a really beautiful or not beautiful, this is a very important statistic. It says, according to the U.S. Census Bureau, 11 million or 28% of people aged 65 and older lived alone in 2010. As people get older, their likelihood of living alone only increases. And additionally, more and more older adults do not have children, reports the AARP. And that means fewer family members to provide company and care as those adults become seniors. What I meant to say is this is a really beautiful website that gives a lot of information, but I found this statistic very interesting because I know, you know, a lot of people as, I know a lot of older people that are, you know, living alone or, or who don't have family and who sometimes feel isolated. And one of the things that I've read is that without community, a lot of times people, their health suffers. And with community, people tend to do a lot better. What are your thoughts about this, these statistics? I think that living alone, living an independent life that is self-sufficient is pretty much a an athletic exercise for the young. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think the older you get, the harder that is to do. I think that the natural slowing down of, you know, the physical body that we have, which tends to happen, 
the natural slowing down of everything that tends to happen as you get older uh, means that you are harder put to take care of yourself completely. In fact, even the people who are young, healthy, and, you know, really bouncy mm-hmm. can't really take care of themselves either, now that I think of it. <laughs> I mean, my my children, my my children's children, Ruth Ann's children, and the, and the children that I know of are incredibly dependent on the goodwill and the good nature uh, of their seniors. Yes. So, you know, when, when I said earlier we're all in it together, it really is true. So, you know, my kids still, too, my, my children are both adults, and, of course, they're out living their own lives, but they still need uh, our help from time to time, whether it be advice or support or, you know, whatnot. So even in our little small family here, you know, there really is a sense that whether we're older or they're adults or young or whatnot, we all do need each other to some I'll degree. I tell you, I, I get a kick out of it because I've said this before, and it's become a joke uh, in the, among the people that, that know me, but it's really pretty accurate to say that I was, in one way or another, a burden to my family until I was 50. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, not that I was really a terrible burden, but I needed No, I help. get it. I needed help. I wasn't always able to take care of everything, even though I've been self-supporting and independent as a person since I was, you know, 15 or 16. Nevertheless, the times when help was needed and help was offered and help was crucial happened periodically, and had those that help not been there, I probably wouldn't be here now. Yeah, right on. I, I could totally say for my my own things, too, you know, I've, I've needed people to lean on over the years, whether it be family or friends, and, you know, you know no man is an island is the statement, and it's very true. So I, let's talk about the importance of community, though, for tarot readers. You know, um, not just community like our family, but also our colleagues, our peers, our friends. I'd like you to tell me how your tarot community has really been helpful to you, not on the, the learning tarot business, but really on the emotional support. Well, it's really kind of interesting. Uh, in a large sort of way, in, in a very real way, I personally live in a bubble. Mm-hmm. I tend to think a lot. I tend to write a lot. Most of my activity takes place in a comfortable chair with a comfortable lamp and a comfortable table and notebooks everywhere. So I do most of my work by myself, most of it. And um, when the time comes to show the, the work off, when the results of the work have to be demonstrated, then, of course, I get on the horn. I either make phone calls or send emails or do texts or whatever it happens to be to a broad community of people to let them share in what, what I'm doing. Now, that's basically plain old marketing in a way. I mean, marketing from a certain point of view takes takes advantage of uh, community, except that marketers oftentimes don't know who they're talking to. Mm-hmm. They talk to a broad audience that has a large um, interest in what they're selling. If it's toothpaste or underarm deodorant or something like that, you're talking about market segments of millions and millions, maybe tens of millions, maybe hundreds of millions of people. If you're in the new age business, you're still talking to, to thousands and tens of thousands of people. And most of them you don't know. Mm-hmm. I talk to people I know. Mm-hmm. If I didn't know personally a fair number of people who who were happy with me and with whom I was happy, if these people were not my friends and colleagues and students, I probably would not have a business at all. My business is very personal. Yes. And so <clears throat> I do work 
to expand the number of people that I know. But it's really funny. I do it that way. I expand the number of people that I know, and then my business can grow. Mm-hmm. I don't grow my business and then get to know more people. Mm-hmm. I don't talk to strangers as a rule. Right. So you're you're forming community for your business and forming community then uh, with your colleagues and your peers. That is that is just the bare bones of it because the mm-hmm. the connection that I have with people is considerably more than business. Yes. We know each other's birthdays. We know each other's families. <clears throat> we know each other's adventures. We know each other's ups and downs. When I call somebody or email somebody that I haven't talked to for a while, I have a, a frame of reference to talk to them as one person to another, mm-hmm. not simply as a person purveying a business proposition. Right. And, you know, that's really important, too. Uh, in my business here, I've been at this for a long time, and working with colleagues uh, wasn't really a big thing in my business for a long time because, you know, there weren't a lot of colleagues here. There weren't a lot of peers. We were all isolated. There was no Internet. And uh, I developed some really wonderful relationships with my clients because I would see them, you know, all the time, face-to-face. We'd run into each other in the community. So I had a really good local community of clients. And over the years, my clients have... Many of them become friends, and including my yoga students. We're more like um, uh, friends than we are like you know them coming in and just taking a class from me. So I formed these little communities locally, and the only time I started really getting involved with my peers was when I actually got online. And it was wonderful to discover that there were a lot of other people doing the same type of work that I was doing. And so suddenly, I not only had a local community of clients and and people provided other services and yoga students, but I started developing a network of, of course, online clients, but also peers. And I, I like to say the first time I found out about that tarot conferences were going on was when I got online. I was like, hey, wait a minute. I didn't know this stuff happened. Uh, yeah. Tarot conference. And, you know, I remember when I was at my first conference, which was the Reader Studio, and you came right up and stuck your hand out and made me feel welcome, and the people who were there were just really super welcoming. And it really felt like coming into a place where, wow, I feel at home. And that is a wonderful, wonderful feeling to not feel alone, not just in your physical local community, but also in your working community. I think it's a really great feeling. You know, I'm going to be going to a conference myself uh, sometime a little bit later on this year, and not the Reader Studio, but some, but one that is done by somebody else. And I'm going because it's been a while since I've had a vacation, and I'm just going to go and kind of relax. I don't have to teach, and I don't have to do anything. And people are going to the people who are there, the organizers of the conference, are some of them are known to me personally, and some of them I've only come to know recently over the various media that are out there. But they are going to treat me royally. They have all they're already prepared to show me around and take me to dinner, and you know, show me the sights and do all that kind of stuff, just because they're feeling friendly. They, yes. don't, have, they don't have to do that. Yes, and that's a wonderful feeling. And when they come here, likewise, the same thing. So what happens is that I now move in a world made up of people where I expect to be treated really, really nicely because I will give that back. I expect it to be reciprocal, and I actually live, without even realizing it, I live in that expectation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't, I don't even think that I'm going to have any trouble. 
Yeah, yeah. When you form, you know, it's interesting when you start forming these relationships, uh, whether they be local or whether they be people that you meet online. Uh, it, 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 I find it really fascinating then how we all kind of want to be helpful to each other. That's really the spirit that comes out of that. You know, I've met a lot of people also, non-tarot people, people who are fellow entrepreneurs, and I've met them through different events that I've attended. Mm-hmm. And now a lot of times when I'm traveling to different places, these people that I've met in person or I've met online, they want to help. They'll say, oh, you're coming to my city. Well, let me tell you where to go. Or, right. hey, let's do dinner. Or, hey, can I help you find, you know, a good hotel? And it's just really such a good feeling. It, you know what it ends up feeling? Then? It feels like I can go anywhere in the world, mm-hmm. and I'm going to know somebody, and they're going to help me out. And it really creates, again, that real feeling of it's going to be okay. I'm going to feel good here. People are going to take you know, that, care of me. That, that idea, not, not an idea, I shouldn't say an idea, the feeling that it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. That one phrase, it's going to be okay, mm-hmm. is the reassuring voice uh, of the world telling you that you're not alone. Yes. And, and that's, that's why community is important. That's right. And that will happen, that will be a, a factor when you're traveling and having a good time, but it will also be a factor when you're not feeling well. Absolutely. It'll be a factor when, you know, you have hospital bills to pay and no money to pay it with, and there's a community of well-wishers who will help you through your, through your trials and tribulations there's a group of people who will welcome you back when you're healthy again. There's a group of people who will do things for you, suggest you know resources, and generally speaking, be helpful in a hundred small ways that make the difficult times of one's life bearable and, yes. survi- and survivable. And it's really amazing. People don't realize how small things that are offered with, with pleasure and love make a difference to a person who's going through a difficult time. It absolutely does. You know, last year we had two of uh, two people in our tarot community who were struggling with health. Uh-huh. And one of the things that I really loved was being able to see everybody come together to raise some money and to send some well wishes to these people. And you know that that made a huge difference in their recovery, to know that they were loved, they, that that space was held for them, that people were trying to help them out financially. I know that that made a difference and really helped with their recovery. Absolutely. And the the reason why we decided to hold these talks and to talk about these issues is because I believe that uh, the older we get, the more important these things become to talk about, to know about, and to be able to work with. It's easy when you're young mm-hmm. to rely on the resources of youth. Mm-hmm. People are resilient and strong and capable and confident when you get older you lose a little bit of the confidence you lose a little bit of you lose a bit of you lose a step mm-hmm. in the in the in your mile run you know you're not quite as fast or you get set in your ways and then you don't reach out and do things to really bring new experiences and new people into your life you tend to hang out then with the same old same old there's another interesting thing about community if you have one you tend to stay more flexible Yes. If you don't have one, for lack of uh, simply a reality check, you tend to get set in your ways stiff and uh, unresponsive. Yes. And then you don't have the flexibility to deal with what life throws at you. Absolutely. And, you know, the other thing is, too, it's mentally stifling when you're not having that contact with other people. And I find that people thrive 
when they have people around to talk and discuss things and to mentally challenge, mentally challenge them in a really good way. I remember many, many years ago I worked at a nursing home, and I was on the ward that was with really difficult uh, patients. And there was a lady there who was actually mobile, and she had her wits about her, and she was a saucy elder lady. Well, she ended up falling and breaking her hip. And while she was recovering, they ended up putting her in a place with people who had severe Alzheimer's and couldn't talk. And the lack of her being around her usual group of friends, her, her, everything about her deteriorated really rapidly. Yeah. Well, the, the, one of the most painful and disturbing punishments that people get in prison, which is already a harsh enough environment to suit anybody, mm-hmm. is to put them in isolation, put them yep. in solitary confinement. To make a person be completely alone is to challenge every single resource that they've got, and almost nobody can sustain it. No. It hurts. It does. It does. And that's what sometimes, too, if you're if you're older or, let's say, God forbid, you know, you have a physical thing that keeps you from being able to get out on a physical level, it really does hurt. It does start to feel, actually, for some people, very much like a prison. And I, I remember when my dad was living on his own after mom passed, he would talk often about, you know, how lonely he would get at times. And he really enjoyed just getting a phone call every day or, you know, having someone show up. He would just totally light up. Yeah. Well, you know, it occurs to me, it's really kind of funny now that I think about it, uh, in the tarot community, there are, I believe, a number of uh, generations represented. I mean, there are people in their yeah. 30s who are just coming into it, people in their 40s and 50s who have been around for a while and have a group of peers, people in their 50s, 60s, and 70s who are older and getting older together. And um, what happens, oddly enough, is that there is a generational striation, like almost like geological layers. Mm-hmm. And there's so many people in each layer that if you get old, the chances are you're going to have a bunch of old people to talk to. Right. I mean, it's really funny. The community is already built. It is. The only thing you need to do is take advantage of it. The only thing you need to do is reach out to it and be part of it. You know, want to be part of it. Be pleased and happy to be part of it and do your share in it. And then you'll have community, I think, automatically. The tarot world seems to be built around community. The the isolation we experienced years ago when a tarot reader was all alone in the world because mm-hmm. they didn't know that there was another tarot reader two blocks away, mm-hmm. that's over. Yes. And so it's <clears throat> the natural condition, apparently, of tarot to bring people together. I don't know why that should be, but instead of being competitive and um, and uh, jealous of territory and, and uh, property rights and stuff like that. Well, we have to exercise a little caution. But by and large, the tarot community is extremely generous in spirit. It absolutely is. And, you know, I've made some of my best friends are my fellow colleagues of mystics who are involved with tarot. So absolutely, I have to agree. And, they, and I found that there's been so much support and love and, you know, wonderful vibes that have come from the people that I've met over the years. So all you really have to do is be aware that this exists and, and uh, decide to, to take a place in it and to be active in it in one way or another. It doesn't even have to be very active. Just put your two cents in once in a while. Keep an eye on Facebook. Keep an eye on your email. 
keep an eye on what people are doing, what what events they're sponsoring. Go out every once in a while into the wide world and meet a few of them. Press the flesh here and there. Answer some, you know, and make sure you let people know that you well, you wish them well on their birthday. I mean, small things that we were taught when we were kids to send birthday greetings to our aunts and uncles and stuff like that, not to forget yeah. who we, what groups we were part of. And now that we're part of a larger group, the same basic principles of uh, socialization apply. A certain amount of courtesy, a certain amount of kindness, mm-hmm. a certain amount of respect, and a certain amount of love. Well, let's talk about online communities, you know, because um, you're, you're bringing up Facebook and stuff like that, and I think this is a really good thing to talk about. Our younger community has, has been very lucky because they've grown up with technology, and we've talked about technology in a previous episode here. And a lot of us now are starting to get comfortable with technology. There's still some of us who resist it, but, you know, I know most of my, most of my fellow tarot peers, we are on Facebook. A lot of us play around on Twitter or we're going on to Instagram, but Facebook seems to be uh, probably the preferred way for a lot of us to connect. So what would be your advice on what is the best way to find online communities and how to interact and how to make friends? Let's assume for the moment that you are not completely alone in the world. Mm -hmm. Let's assume you're a tarot person who knows a few other tarot people. Just have to ask them. Yep. Where do you go? Who do you talk to? What groups are you part of? How do I get there? Even You don't even have to Google anything. You don't even have to do research. Just call up your friend or email them and say, I, I just got online. I just joined Facebook. Where do I go now? What do I do now? Mm-hmm. And you're going to get all that more help than you, could, than you would want. I mean, it's really, really easy. All you need to do is take advantage of the connections you already have. Yeah, People will be more than happy to hook you up. And, of course, if you have a little bit of experience with technology, if you have none at all, that will be the way to go. Right. If you have a little bit, you know what to do. I mean, just go to Google. Yeah. Google is the, is the go-to place for any kind of thing you want to know. And then all you have to do is follow the leads you come up with. Right. I think Facebook is really the one of the best ways for people to start. I know a lot of people are against Facebook, and you hear every once in a while there's I'm going off Facebook, and people get really dramatic about it, but (laughs) I always laugh at that because I'm like, you know, you don't have to interact with the negative parts of these social media things, but I think Facebook is a great place for people to start. Well, you know know what's funny? The people who get upset with things that happen on Facebook have a great, wonderful, sizable, and large community of people to bitch to. Yes. (laughs) Otherwise, they'd be talking to themselves. That's very true. Yeah, it gives them a platform for that. But I, I always find that just really kind of amusing that you're getting on these social media things and you're complaining about it. That's right. You know, that that doesn't make a very um, a person that many of us want to really hang out with. But, you know, all joking aside, I think Facebook is a great place for people to start. And the wonderful thing about Facebook, you can create your profile, but then you can also start searching for groups. And there are a lot of different tarot groups that people can get involved with on Facebook, whether you want to practice tarot, whether you want to talk about different aspects of tarot, whether you just want to meet people who are crazy about a certain deck. There are a lot of nice little communities and subgroups on Facebook. But let's say, for example, that you want to step beyond the um, the pursuit of tarot. Let's say that instead of... <clears throat> um, just wanting to join a group and hang out and talk, let's say that you're considering 
making a deck. Mm-hmm. Well, you may or may not know anything about how to produce a deck. Mm-hmm. But there are going to be people in the tarot community who do. Oh, yeah. Let's say that you wanted to start a business that might possibly involve the tarot world. You might have a business idea that needs development, but you need an IT person, mm-hmm. and you need a marketing person, mm-hmm. and you need a copywriting person, and you need an editor. And mm-hmm. you need There's a lot of things that go into making a business, and you can find pretty much any skill you might need in the tarot community, and people would be more than willing to help you work work through uh, the uh, the programs that you have in mind to produce. You can actually start a business knowing nothing, based on the know-how of the people around you who would be willing to help you. Oh yeah, yeah, you can do that. And, and there's again, there's many different groups. There's online forums. There's all kinds of things that you can find. Online is a great place to start. Uh, I think it's a place where you can dip your toes in. You can get to know people. You can feel things out. Or like you said. You can find information or service providers right in our community. I mean, we have lots of people in our community who do art. We have deck publishers. We have mm-hmm. acquisitions editors. We have people uh, like Sherry Smith who do technology things. We've got some pretty savvy people with a lot of different strengths, not just tarot. I'll give so, you an idea about something interesting. We, yeah. we, you know, we do the Reader Studio every year. Yep. And one of the things that goes into making Reader Studio is to create a poster for it. Mm-hmm. Every year we create a new poster for the Reader Studio of that year. And posters become collectible items. And they're a way of putting a, a real face to the, tarot, to, the, to the Reader Studio community. And we have worked with a number of artists. And all of the artists are tarot people who happen to be artists as well. And the number of artists in the tarot community is remarkable how many there are. Oh, yeah. Once upon a time, a long time ago, if you wanted an artist to do something... You would have a hell of a job finding somebody to do the work that you needed done. It yep. was really hard. I mean, now you're talking about working with strangers. You're talking about working with advertising agencies or art schools to supply you with uh, people who might possibly be willing to do it. Then it was always a purely commercial transaction, and it was not easy to accomplish. Anything along those lines where you needed a special skill, you would have to go to the business community that you're community allowed. If you live in New York City, you can get anything. But if you live in a small town in Missouri and you want something, it's not so easy. Right. Not if you're working with physical process. If you're working with people you have to press the flesh with, if you're working with people you have to talk to by telephone, you have to find out who they are and engage their services, and you have to find out whether they're really the right people for you, et cetera, et cetera. That was something that I was involved with a long time ago. Now, the ability to get things done, to take a project of any kind and make it work. Mm-hmm. So much faster because people are connected. Oh, yes. You know, years ago I used to work for a bike messenger firm. It was a very long time ago. It was one of the best jobs I ever had, by the way. I really, really loved my job. And um, back then, you know, people would have to call and we'd have to bike things all over the city. And, well, with the Internet, that's changed everything. People don't need it as much. So the bike messenger, the courier services, they're still in business, but they struggle because now people can get, you know, you can email somebody something. You can send someone a document much faster in different ways. So it's really interesting how things like the Internet have also made it much more accessible to get things delivered to people really quickly. Do you know what's really funny, though, that there was a time when people were predicting back in the 80s, I believe, 
<clears throat> that the computer would render us a paperless society. Yeah. <laughs> well, that didn't exactly turn out. No. I not think at the all. computer itself has generated more paper than we've ever used before. <laughs> I think that FedEx is an example. FedEx and UPS are doing land office business. My God, they're busy. Yeah. And that's just the physical delivery of packages. Yeah. And so I don't think, in a way, I don't think the old uh, means of doing business and the old means of communicating are gone. In fact, they're to some extent augmented, but they're overshadowed by the digital. People pay attention to the digital, and they forget the underlying superstructure of, of, of the physical world that's still there. And those guys are doing really, really nicely. Yeah, FedEx and UPS are still thriving. In fact, the they're smaller considered... people are not not yeah. so easy, but those smaller people don't have the resources and they don't know. No. As... But even there, and I live in New York City, and there's at least a dozen or more very active courier services here. Yeah, there still are there, but in other cities, it's like they're struggling a lot more because it's easier for people to use other things. So the question then becomes how to juggle the resources that you have. Mm-hmm. If you're working with UPS or FedEx. You're not ever going to be working with somebody you know. Right. I mean, you may know your delivery guy, but that's about it. If you're working with the digital media, the chances are pretty good that you are going to get to be very intimately connected and acquainted with the people you do business with. Right. As an example, um, Ruth Ann and I have uh, a fairly elaborate you know, Internet presence and a fairly elaborate computer setup, and we use uh, some fairly intense equipment. And periodically things go wrong. You know, stuff doesn't work. It just happens. Well, when we have a particular problem and we don't know how to solve it, we know at least half a dozen places to go and a half a dozen people that we've dealt with before. We get on the horn and say, we got this problem, fix it. Mm -hmm. And they say, okay, it's going to cost you 50 bucks an hour. It's going to cost you 1,200 bucks to get this fixed. You okay with that? And we say, yeah, sure, go ahead. And then we talk about it periodically over the next week or two, and it gets fixed. Yep. They know who to talk to, and they know us. We know who they are. These are people that we physically, not physically, even if we've never met them, they're personal acquaintances of ours now. Yeah. Well, that's like our auto mechanic. We have an auto mechanic that we've known for 30 years, and we love him to death, you know, because he always gives us a good deal. He treats us great. He knows we send him a lot of business. Same with my dentist. You know, these are people that... We become friends with this part of our community, our local community. I don't know. Do you have? I've, I always used to think how interesting it was to have a family large enough to contain within it a CPA, a doctor, a real estate lawyer or agent, and uh, you know, and maybe and a couple of other professionals like that. You, you, if you have if you have ten children, every one of them's got to go into a different profession so they can support the family. Well, that would be a unique idea. <laughs> <laughs> Have children and send them to school and make each one you know, different. A lawyer, a doctor, an insurance agent, a real estate broker, and you're all set. There you go. But I don't think many people think that far ahead, Walt. I know they don't. But the interesting thing is that you can't think far enough ahead to make sure you have that do you have a good relationship yeah. with people like that? If you have a community of service providers who have known you and worked with you for years, they know your they know your business, they know you personally, they know what you need, they know your history, they know what they can do to help you. And all you have to do is call them up and say, "Hey, Joe, I need this." And they yep. say, "Oh, okay. How do tell me more?" Yeah. And that's part of your community as well. It's not just an online community, but it's a service provider community too. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. How many different ways? How many different ways do you think? How many different groups of people or individuals do you know 
that it takes for you to live a comfortable life. Oh, my God. You know, i got to tell you, Walt, whenever I hear some of these big businessmen say, I've made it all my own, nobody ever helped me, I always oh. laugh. <laughs> because that's so not true. So when, not I, true. when I think about how I have to survive, of course, you know, uh, I have my accountant, who's my probably my favorite person in the world. Uh, of course, my family, my friends, my dentist, who I absolutely adore. I have my tech gal. I have the guy who monitors my website. I have my graphic artist because I'm graphically challenged. I mean, just in my business alone, we got a whole bunch of people right there. You know, I've worked with uh, copywriters. I've worked with other people in different design elements. I've got my mechanic, the grocery store people, my bank tellers, my barista for my daily uh-huh. coffee. You know, there's a lot of people that keep my life humming really well. So we're, we've been talking about people in business in tarot. Mm-hmm. But the things we're talking about now are true regardless of what kind of life you lead. Yes, you cannot be isolated. That's the big deal. I think that's the real message here. Now, let me ask you if you think that being isolated is a more of a psychological than a practical issue. You know, I don't really know about that. I, I, I'm, I would kind of say a little bit from both. Sometimes there are people who are isolated because of physicalness, because of physical reasons, and they can't leave the house. But I think the feeling of isolation sometimes uh, is more of an emotional thing. You know, you may, mm-hmm. you know, not realize that there are places that you can reach out. So I do think there's an emotional component to it. But there are some people who are isolated just because they really simply don't have another choice. What 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 do you think? Well, I think that there's physical isolation, yes, but because of the uh, the, the social media and um, and other technology. Even if you're sitting in a wheelchair in your own home, mm-hmm. you can still reach out to a large community of people right. to get things done. Here's something interesting to think about. I don't know how, you know, where, in, what kind of services are available where you live, but in New York, one of the things that was instituted by a mayor some time ago was a 311 number. You know how 911 yes. call ambulances and stuff, which is, of course, a huge community service. You rely on that. If nothing else works, you can always call 911. But we have a service here called 311, where if you have a problem with potholes or if somebody's making too much noise or if you need direction to some to, to the proper city agency, and the city agencies are as labyrinthine as anything you, you've ever imagined, trying to get the, the services that you're entitled to out of, a, out of a, a, a bureaucracy that is as huge as New York City is quite a challenging problem. And all you have to do now is call 311 and tell them what they need, and they'll, and they'll tell you where to go. Yeah, that's a wonderful service. Yeah, but that's the thing. It's a service made, built on the uh, on the awareness on the part of that particular mayor mm-hmm. that the whole of the city depends on the city. The city is the center of the lives of the people. Yeah. And he made the city more available to them, and for that they've been eternally grateful. Yeah, I think it's a wonderful, wonderful service. I don't think we have anything like that here, but, you know, just knowing that there is somebody out there making something like that, they're, again, creating this nice web where everyone can be connected to someone that can help them. Then there's the issue that this was done as the initiative of one particular man. Mm -hmm. One guy decided to do it, made the effort, brought into play the forces that he was capable of controlling and, and working with, and put together this really lovely service. The lesson in that is that if you are so inclined, you can make a difference to your community. 
Yes. If you find something that needs to be done or you think that there is a service that needs to be provided, it is within reason and within the limits of most people's resources to make something like that happen. Yeah, I agree. You can make your community better if you want to. Yes. It just is really, it it all comes down to the desire to want to do that and to create something of value. Let's, you know, speaking of something of value, I'd like to talk about conferences for a moment. Uh Because I think what you and Ruth Ann have created, and there's other people, like Salasa has her wonderful bats, um, and there are new conferences that are being created all the time. You know, I think conferences for tarot are just really a brilliant thing, and I am just so grateful that I discovered the Reader Studio in Bats uh, years ago because it's really enriched my life a lot as a professional. It's helped me to learn new skills, but also it's helped me to network, which has been good for business, and it's also given me this loving group of friends that have really made my life just so much better. I think conferences are a fantastic way to really create community so that for the people like you guys who have who put these on every year you're creating community and so for people who are interested in conferences let's talk for a moment about how they may want to really get involved with conferences and why it's so great i've given a couple of my own personal examples there why when uh, are you by any chance uh, involved with the um, the north the star of the north conference no, I'm not. You know, unfortunately, now here's where I start sounding like I'm kind of a recluse. It's really close to me. I should go. But they throw it in winter, and I don't like to travel in winter. Mm-hmm. I got stuck in a blizzard once years ago, yeah. and it was the most miserable experience, and I thought, I, I'm not doing that ever again. So, right. unfortunately, they don't. if they threw it at a time of the year where it was, uh, I felt more confident traveling, mm-hmm. I would be. Mm-hmm. I would love to go to it. Have you ever been to a conference in England or Australia? No, I was actually supposed to go to one in England, and I got stuck at the airport for three days, and I never got over there. <laughs> <laughs> Your karma doesn't seem to be built into that kind of thing, does it? The, the no. Economy, that's not your cup of tea. But you know what? Even though it turned out not to be doable for you, you know about them, don't you? I sure do, and I think how it's wonderful that we have conferences all over the world like that. And how do you find out about them? Online or from online. friends. How, well, when, if you were to go online, let's say that you did not know about the world of tarot conferences. If you were new to new to tarot, and I'm constantly meeting people who are you know fresh to the world of tarot, and they will ask me questions, and of course I'll tell them, and then they'll know. How does a person take the initiative and find out where the conferences are? What what would you search for? What search terms would you use? Where would you go? And how would you if you were going to give an advice? To somebody to do that, how would they do it if they had to do it on their own? Very simple. This is the way I did it. I was on Twitter, which is my favorite social media tool. I mean, even though Facebook's where I'm with my friends, Twitter is where I really spend the most time. And one day I saw something about a tarot conference. And so I got curious and I clicked on it. And that's what led me down the rabbit hole towards towards the reader studio, and that's where I discovered all this stuff just from seeing a tweet. But if I was not on Twitter, what I would recommend for people is you go to Google and you want to type in tarot conference or tarot meetup. If you're not going to go to a conference, there are meetups in people's many, many cities have meetups, and that's another way to get into the tarot community, 
to get involved with wonderful people, and that can sometimes lead to the conferences as well. So I say get on Google, look up tarot conferences or look up tarot meetups, and that's going to be your way to start getting in there. What about um, online courses, teleclasses, webinars, Mm -hmm. uh, where you can um, get to know people uh, in that way? Same thing. You want to type on online tarot classes. Mm -hmm. You might want to sign up. Again, I would say tarot meetups is a really great thing for people to search for. You can go to meetup.com, type in tarot. There's lots of great communities. I mean, for example, Bethel's daughter has one in North Carolina where they do a lot of different lessons and they have speakers come in. I know down in Albuquerque they have a thriving community. In fact, you want to hear something funny, Walt? Yeah. One of my really good friends who's a yoga person, she's got nothing to do with tarot. Well, she ended up moving to Albuquerque. And lo and behold, she got engaged to a guy. And it turns out this guy is a tarot fan, and he goes to that tarot group, and we just uh, found out. That's so interesting. Isn't that funny? So it shows, again, we're all, we're all connected somewhere or another, and it's all that tarot meetup group. It's a really popular one down there. And so, you know, I get to hear things about this through the back door from my girlfriend. There is uh, an organic development of community in tarot. Mm -hmm. Things happen because somebody wants to make them happen. Conferences happen because people want to do conferences, etc. If you wanted to find a a list of resources in the tarot community for you know people who do different kinds of things, if you wanted to know who did. Who's, who did who did artwork for conferences? Who did book covers? Who did you know book editing for the tarot world? Who did who could provide information about or who is the go-to supplier for tarot decks in small quantities? Who does this? Who does that? The one way that people normally do it is ask somebody they already know. Mm-hmm. But if you wanted to just go to some central place, is, is there any such thing? You know, there may not be necessarily a central thing, uh, like a, a list or anything of that nature, but I find that in sometimes just asking around, people are more than happy to offer their suggestions. Do you think it's possible for anybody who is in the know to simply make themselves available to answer questions like that? Yes. Would it be too much? Would it be too much of a burden either as phone calls, emails, Twitter, whatever, tweets or whatever, would it be too much for if a person were ambitious enough uh, in, a, in a kindly sort of way to make themselves available to the uh, upcoming tarot community to simply be a, a switchboard for information, to be able to call up Joe and say, hey, Joe, where do I find? And then ask the question. Would Joe be asking for a bit to be, be biting off a bigger bite than he could chew? Well, if there's one person trying to do something like that, that could be a bit of a challenge. Mm-hmm. But, you know, posing something to the collective, there's going to be then a lot of people jumping in with their information. The reason I mention this is because it may or may not have occurred to the tarot community at large that something like that would be very, very helpful. Mm-hmm. And if the word got out, or if somebody said, hmm, that's an interesting thought, then maybe instead of one person deciding to do it all on their own, maybe somebody might say, gee, that's a great idea. Can I get some help on that? And that person might take the initiative and get together or round up a group of people to make something like that happen. You know, all you need is a desire and uh, the people to do it with. 
So what you're suggesting is kind of like a 311 for tarot readers. That's sort of like that. You know, maybe somebody will listen to this podcast and get the idea and get inspired to do that. That's right. We all lead very busy lives. Right. I mean, taking on a social a social obligation like that out of the sheer goodness of your heart might be more than some people can manage. However, in the total round of tarot community and all the people that are part of it, there are people whose lives are not that busy, people who are you know, either isolated in, 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 in small towns or, or faraway places or people who are, you know, writers or artists who work at home and don't, you know, get out much or other people who's, who are retired, don't have to work, don't have to do businesses, who would like to get more involved with, you know, with the community in one way or another to be helpful and to, to join in that particular way. I bet you that there is a fair number of such people. There may not be a big percentage but I bet there's a fairly sizable number of people whose lives would benefit by that kind of contact with their community. If they were able to provide that service, if they were willing to investigate the possibilities of being available that way, of collecting the information and being able to disseminate it in some way, mm-hmm. I bet you there are people who might find that an attractive idea. Well, I think it's a brilliant idea, and I hope that, again, if anybody's listening into this podcast and gets inspired you know, while we may be opening up really an opportunity for somebody to create something amazing here with this idea. That's right. Well, this 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 uh, broadcast that we're doing now came out of the fact that I know that you know how to do this. Mm-hmm. Not only do you know how to do this, it's the kind of thing you enjoy doing. Absolutely. I didn't have to call you up and engage your services as a professional and offer to pay you for this. We did it because we both wanted to. Yep. And both of our times are valuable. Neither of us have a lot of time to spare, and yet it was important enough to do and to spend a fair amount of time doing it and organizing it and distributing it and all that kind of stuff. I bet you there are people out there who would like to be more involved in that particular way in the what you could call the tarot world public service sector. Right. Is there one? As far as I know, there's not. But, again, I'm hoping that we are encouraging someone to pick up the baton and run with that. I suspect that anybody who did that would, even if, they themselves didn't derive any financial benefit from it, they would at the very least become the unsung heroes of the community. Right on. And I don't know, some people find that adequate compensation. They do. And, you know, uh, this is, again, you bring up a really, really great point here. This whole podcast, this whole idea is born out of trying to offer something of service. So what I hope is that somebody does listen and, and really gets, again, inspired to start something like that. I think it's a really good idea, Walt. There are people that I know who have recently been uh, in this position you found yourself in with your father that we talked about earlier, yep. where uh, one member of your of your family and one of the senior members of your family finds it necessary to be cared for. Mm-hmm. And you, as the son or the daughter, are the go-to person. Yes. And even if you don't want to, you kind of have to out of just sheer social obligation. You'd be you'd be a pariah in your neighborhood if you didn't take care of your own mother or father, you know. So you kind of have to whether you like it or not. But people want as much as possible to make peace with parents they've had trouble with. They want to make sure the parents they love are taken care of. How does a person do that from your experience? How What kinds of things are necessary to support the elderly, even if they're not part of the tarot community directly, but if they're part of your community and you've been through it and you know the things that you need to do, the the services you need to engage, the forces you need to set into action, 
what kinds of things do you need to do if you're going to take care of somebody mm-hmm. that is older than you that needs your help? You know, I found for me the greatest thing was uh, the local community. First of all, for my father's church, mm-hmm. there were people from his church who were very helpful to him, reaching out mm-hmm. to them. Um, now, if, if the person you're asking about is in a church-going person, oftentimes communities have senior centers. Mm-hmm. They have uh, daycare centers. We didn't need to use that because Dad was fully physically able. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they do have things like that. They have uh, lots of like local support organizations and social service organizations, too, that can help find the support. So it's really just a matter of either opening up your yellow pages if you want to go old school or going online and looking in your community for things of that nature. And there's also services like uh, the one I quoted from earlier, a aplaceformom.com, that also helps people with these situations. There's actually a lot out there. I found a tremendous amount of support out there. There is actually the the, uh, the overall you know community community service mm-hmm. universe in this country is really really big. This country has a tremendous history of yes. helping the, helping people who need help, and the trick is to find them. Yes, and th- again, I'm going to go right back to the internet. Now that we have the internet, it really does make it easier for people. Mm-hmm. And also, again. In your local community, if your loved one has a strong presence, my father was very involved with church, mm-hmm. that helps a lot too. So if you're taking care of an older person, look at the communities that they have. Look at the things that were meaningful to their lives. Start there because you may find that there's a built-in community of people who are more than willing to help. There, it's really interesting that the, um, the care community, which is very, very big and very complex, has usually a strong connection to governmental services mm-hmm. of one kind or another. Mm-hmm. There, there are governmental regulations that regulate industries that take care of people. They also are great sources of information. Yes. So, for example, let's say you have an, an aged parent who has been in a hospital recently. There will be a hospital social worker whose job it is to take care of the interest, to look out for the interests of patients who can't take care of themselves. Yes. In my father's case also, when it came time when he really started to decline, Mm -hmm. they hooked us up with this wonderful at-home hospice service. And they were able to set us up, and they were just fabulous. So the hospitals also will, uh, like you said, oftentimes provide some of the social care to help the elderly people and to help the families deal with things such as physical care or end-of-life care. Yeah, the, the hospital social worker's job, as I understand it, is to facilitate the further life mm-hmm. of the of patient, to make sure that all of the various agencies who are involved in care are brought to bear in the proper manner and that nobody gets screwed by the system. Right. They're your personal representative to see you through the, the, the network, the jungle of rules and regulations and problems that you might encounter. I have a feeling that most of the issues that are involved in supporting the life of an elderly person are like that. There is elder care, and elder care, I, I would imagine, is a search term that you could use. Mm-hmm. But elder care is a whole universe unto itself. It sure is. And I had the, the interesting thing is that when I see that, you know, when I hear that term, and see people that I know who are making, who have unfortunately had to make use of those things, I realize that I'm next in line. Uh, that's what I always say. I'm next. Yeah. You know, so, that's, after my father passed, I looked at my sister-in-law and said, "We're next." 
That's right. This generation <laughs> coming up, you know. I mean, it may be 20 years away, but, hey, 20 years goes by. It does. It goes by fast. And so the reason we're talking about this is because it's in our own self-interest to know these things. Right on. It's not just about helping other people. We're setting up perhaps uh, the beginning of a conversation which will be which will put things in place when we need them. Right. And that's really ultimately what this whole podcast series is about, is to get, a, get us talking, get us prepared, mm-hmm. get us starting to think about these things. And, you know, when you talk about how 20 years could go fast, it's hard to believe that another hour has gone past and here we could still be talking about this whole idea of community, Walt. I don't think we could run out of things to talk about. No, you know, I'll give you one last thing to, to consider. The... Um, there's a, a big social organization called the Scouts, Boy Scouts and Girl yep. Scouts of America. And the Boy Scouts, I don't know if the Girl Scouts have the same motto, but the Boy Scouts' motto is be prepared. Yes. There is no better advice in the world that we could give. Absolutely. I I was a brownie. I, I kind of got booted out of the brownies. Yeah, they did stress about really getting prepared and being orderly so yeah there's there's wisdom to those little scouts i have to say that <laughs> and and the it is a it is a piece of advice um that is a platitude it's like well what else, what else would a person say and, and and how many people actually spend the time take the time pay the attention to see to it to the things we're talking about are at least being considered so you know what to do next if you needed to well, I hope that we have started the conversation so that that becomes a reality for all of that, That's all of us. We can't actually make happen in a, in a podcast no. all the things we're talking about. But what we can do, as you say, the, the service that we can perform is to remind people that paying attention to these things is a good thing to do. Right, and to inspire them to start taking action. Right. So let's go ahead and um, I think we're going to be closing up shop here. You know, what I do want to say to the people who are listening Even if you are living alone, you do not have to be alone. Community is important, and having connections both online and off are really essential for your well-being. So I like to encourage people to seek online sources, you know, seek outside of your home, whether that be through conferences, meetups, local events. You know, if you're a senior, join clubs geared for seniors. If you're differently abled, old, young, lonely, whatever, seek your community. And I'd like to encourage everyone who's listening to head on over to the Reader Studio Facebook group, speaking of community, to continue this conversation and to really get involved with meeting fellow tarot readers. You know, above all, I like to say, even though I consider myself a little bit of a lone wolf, don't be a lone wolf. You know, reach out because your life is going to be richer for it. Absolutely. And I have a wonderful quote uh, from Dorothy Day. It says, we have all known the long loneliness, and we have learned that the only solution is love, and that love comes with community. So I think that's a wonderful way to sum up this podcast today. So, again, you have just finished listening to What If, a podcast for tarot professionals. This has been Episode 5 out of 6. To listen to all six episodes for free, visit thetarolady.com and click on the Podcast tab under Free Resources. Or you can download these episodes from iTunes. Now be sure to check into our next and last episode where we're going to discuss staying power. And that is all about staying safe and healthy and sustainable. This podcast was recorded at the Tarot Lady Hub and edited by Teresa Reed. 
Our opening song was written by Dr. Christopher Lloyd Clark at royaltyfreemeditationmusic.com and used with permission. Special thanks to all of our wonderful professional tarot readers all over the world who are role models for the tarot community and who make a difference every day in the lives of the people they serve. Again, I'm your host, Teresa Reed, and I'm here with my wonderful co-host, Wald Amberstone, and I'm wishing you a beautiful rest of your day and many blessings. I'll see you in the tarot community. See you soon, Teresa. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.